Tuesday, OU Media Day underway, continuing just about over with. We uh, heard from the coaches, players, meeting the media now. Welcome in, everybody, here on a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon. Here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker just got back from Media Day. It looked like Brent was a little more uh, subdued today. I don't know if he was a little bit under the weather. But we he didn't had have his speculated caffeine. that uh, perhaps there was an electroshock device strapped to his chest that Oklahoma's sports information director was buzzing every time Venables was tempted to get too long-winded. Uh, but yes, one way or another, uh, much more abbreviated responses from Brent Venables today. I think in 20 minutes we got eight or nine questions That's pretty deep, good. So. Yeah, I would have yeah, taken the under on that, no doubt. But I thought he was just a little more uh, not quite as energetic. And, you know, and that's mainly because Brent Venables is a – you know, a ball of uh, pure energy pretty much any time he gets up there on the podium uh, or behind a microphone. And again, I, the stuff he said I thought was good. We'll run some of it back here in a minute. But he just seemed a little more uh, laid back today. Maybe didn't get the morning coffee. Maybe he's a little bit under the weather. Nevertheless, we're 32 days away from the start of the Sooner football season as they open up with UTEP. The last time the Sooners had a lefty quarterback and opened up with UTEP, they won a national championship. Could that happen? in 2022 with this football team and uh, it's uh, it can't get here soon enough I mean it just can't get here soon enough people had an insatiable appetite for the spring football game they you know they had a record-setting crowd at the spring game and they you know it just keeps growing stronger and the anticipation you know, just keeps uh, building up for this Oklahoma football team in the fall season, September 3rd, the opener against UTEP. Any uh, overall takeaways from uh, media day, hearing from the coaches and some of the players? Anything stand out? Everybody had a good summer, Mike, and everyone is confident that Oklahoma football is in a good place heading into September. I mean, look, the end of the day, this is what Media Day is about, right? It's an opportunity for coaches and players to say the boilerplate stuff, put the bulletin board material out there, express all the right things about where the program's headed. But I, I, I will say this. You can tell that it's a different vibe under the roof of the Switzer Center right now. You can tell that this optimism isn't guarded or fake. This team really believes top to bottom – that they're going to contend, not just in the Big 12, but nationally. And we've, you, you and I have both talked about this in great detail, Mike, about uh, where our expectations for this team in 2022 sit. There is a genuine sense of confidence all across the program, regardless of who you, who you talk to. And we got to talk to every single one of the coaches today. We got to talk to 10 to 12 of the players. Most everybody is of one mind, which is that this is an Oklahoma program, not just an Oklahoma team, but an Oklahoma program that's going to contend and contend very soon. And there's not going to be a perceptible drop-off from the Mule Shoe Oklahoma to the Brent Venables Oklahoma. Now, uh, I love Dylan Gabriel. Love him to death. He is the perfect quarterback for this situation at OU because – there's going to be much made of this season of Oklahoma football, perhaps more so than any season dating back years, if not decades, just because of how much change there has been and how much new there is top to bottom in this program. There will be plenty of ink spilled from national media members and local media members alike 
uh, about every single angle and every single aspect of this Oklahoma football season to come. If there is a player that's going to be impervious to the noise, I promise you it's Dylan Gabriel. He is the right guy to be playing quarterback in 2022 for Oklahoma for more than just what he can do on the football field. I, I like his makeup. I like what I hear. I, I think he is a leader, too. I think he's a vocal guy. I'm not saying he's super rah-rah, maybe Baker Mayfield type, but I, I think those guys respect him, and he's got the attention of his teammates. I think they'll follow him, and we'll see what kind of year he has. He certainly has had good years in his uh, college football past, and we'll see what the future holds for Dylan Gabriel. But, yeah, you know, when you're uh, when you're going to Big 12 media, days or OU's media day or Oklahoma State or wherever or any you know recruiting press conference after the the signing class is announced and the coach gets up there and talks about you know the recruiting class it's always going to be you're never going to hear a coach say you know what man we missed out on a lot of guys we we (laughs) this class sucks really you know, it's always optimism, and that's the way it's going to be uh, until the end of time with these press conferences. But you do get the feeling there is a lot of genuine belief over there right now uh, in the OU offices and around the Oklahoma football program. Let's see what Brent had to say. He was asked what he really wants to see from his football team coming out of this fall camp. We want a confident, physical, tough, blue-collar work, you know, uh, work ethic type team coming out of, you know, fall camp. I want our guys – to, to be incredibly confident through the work that we put in uh, over the last several months, and certainly fall camp is, is a huge part of that. And, um, you know, you, you continue to develop, you know, your fundamentals and uh, still maintain strength and all those types of things through fall camp with a good, detailed, organized schedule. And, uh, and again, our job is to bring them out, you know, better prepared than when we went into fall camp. And so a lot of intentionality that goes into that. There you go. Again, that sounds like a little more subdued uh, Brent Venables today. Uh, just not quite as much energy. But you know what? If the Tasmanian Devil's not spinning around like a million miles an hour, you're wondering what's going on. Because Brent usually is the Tasmanian Devil in those situations with uh, boundless energy. Uh, let's hear, though, about Brent on his recruiting philosophy Starting to pay off. The Sooners had an incredible July. It's going to stretch into August as well. They are on fire as much as anybody nationally. And it's only going to get better, it looks like. Uh, The party at the Palace. Dividends haven't been totally paid yet. One paid off yesterday. Colton Vosick's commit uh, to Oklahoma as expected. But there are more to be paid off here in the short term uh, coming up, which will be good news for Oklahoma. And we've talked about Brent's philosophy. Man, you're only committed to Oklahoma if you stop taking visits. Otherwise, you're not committed, Johnny Gigolo. You've heard the speech. Here is Brent talking about his philosophy again starting to pay off today. You know, there's a patience that goes with that, but also a, a game plan that you're ready to execute if things don't go, uh, execute if things don't go your way. Uh, and then again, for, for us to have long-term commitment to try to encourage guys to get to a bunch of spots uh, so that they could really have um, peace and confirmation in, in their their final decision. So we really felt great that um, although maybe some other people got more commitments earlier, uh, that we would get the right ones at the right time um, that had the, the depth of, of uh, again, what commitment really looks like and uh, where it really had roots. Um, and, uh, and, again, just because they commit doesn't mean everything's over. Uh, you know, for us, you got to continue to – 
uh, you know, recruit them, um, you know, like they're not committed, you know, uh, because you don't sign until December. There you go. Interesting uh, take there from Brent Venables. Oklahoma recruiting, again, has been ablaze uh, for about 35 days now. The ascension of Oklahoma in the national rankings has been remarkable. They were at 41. Now they're at uh, number six again in the 247 rankings. So uh, that's been remarkable. What about the last 10, 12 seconds, though, that he mentioned there? Because we talked about, man, this philosophy means that there probably won't be many decommits. Uh, we saw that at Clemson. But now you have NIL money involved. You have bag men at certain universities that can keep coming after some of these kids. Uh, but Brent said it right there. You've got to keep recruiting these kids. It's not like you get a commitment and say, yeah, we'll talk to the guy on signing day. doesn't work that way. You've got to stay engaged, right, all the way until they're, you get them to sign on the line, which is dotted. Well, and to use the marriage analogy – that has been used so frequently by you and by Brent and by others to describe the Sooners' uh, philosophy on recruiting. Uh, you don't get engaged and then say, well, see you at the wedding in eight months, right? Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's, not like, yeah. it's not like communication goes dead on either end. You have to continue to cultivate that relationship because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's a relationship you have to build trust, you have to build camaraderie, and that doesn't stop with a commitment. That guy is going to be in your locker room, ideally, for the next four to five years. Well, I suppose, ideally, he's there for three years and then a first-round NFL draft pick. But realistically, he's going to be in your locker room if things go according to plan for four to five years. And so whenever he does put pen to paper on the dotted line, you want him convinced that this is the right place for him, not just as a football player, but as a person. And the only way to convince said player of that is, as you mentioned, by continuing to recruit him, by continuing to build that relationship and build that trust from offer all the way to signing. Yeah, so you've got to be sending heart emojis to these kids all the time or that gif of Forrest Gump waving to Lieutenant Dan on the shrimp boat or something, you know, I, I guess like every Those day. Those are two very different things. Lieutenant Dan waving or waving to Lieutenant Dan on the shrimp boat and heart emojis. Yes. Well, you go one you, of two routes. You've got, to, you've got to be very, you know, you've got to show that you've got a, uh, you know, emoji game and a gift game, right? Gift gif. So, uh I thought, you know, the stuff we heard today was good. We've got a lot more audio from uh, Jeff Levy, Jay Valai, Ted Roof, Todd Bates, uh, DeMarco Murray. Uh, we're going to hear from Baker Mayfield, by the way, later today on his progress report one week into Carolina Panthers camp coming up. Uh, anyway, Wade and OKC, can you find something else to talk about other than BB's interview? Seriously, shut up. Wade, put down the bush light, all right? Please do that. Stay in the trailer. Watch Maury Povich. You know, pick a parent for somebody. Yeah, that's a good idea uh, to text it and tell somebody to shut up. What a human being Wade is, redneck. All right, we're going to take a timeout right here and uh, come do a radio show, Wade. Come on in. Come do it. Come do it. Probably half inebriated would be my guess. All right, we're going to break right here. Thank you to Tim Lasher, not to Wade. Tim Lasher, winner, Wade, loser. Tim Lasher, <laughs> Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Who does that? Can you imagine texting somebody on a broadcast and telling them to shut up? 
<laughs> got bad news for Wade. We got an hour and 45 minutes to go. Yeah. Jeez. All right, Tim Lasher, thank you very much. You, sir, are a winner, have been for a long time. Wade, not so much. Be right back. All right, back. Sooner Media Day here on a Tuesday. We are 32, 32 days out. 32, 32, 32 days out. You know, you have to speak to be in radio. 32 days away from the opener with UTEP. The Miners come to Norman, then it's Kent State after that. Then on the Lincoln, September 17th, Rooster kickoff against Nebraska. Nebraska played the Sooners tough in Norman last year. Could be interesting to see how the game plays out this year. Tell him, Steely, because you've got a microphone. You know what? I just... I just don't like idiots. Sometimes I lose patience, and I'm sorry. I mean, you know what? I was raised by pretty good parents, and if they thought I ever texted, uh, you know, a radio show and told them to shut up, they would probably be totally ashamed. But um, anyway, jeez. I don't know how some of these fools get a voice. I really don't. That guy should just be blocked. Seriously. Well, it's it's called owning a phone, unfortunately. No, I know. Um, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, t- <laughs> the text line has coalesced against Wade, though. Wade the Redneck is probably a seltzer drinker. <laughs> Wade is... Okay, well... I, yeah, no. Wade Wade said thanks for the notoriety. You've got great notoriety, Wade. Let me tell you. <laughs> the people love you. Mike, don't worry about those troll text bot losers. You're doing awesome. I'm not worried about it. Sometimes I'm just... I'm amazed at some of the stuff I see. It, it, it happens very rarely, 99% of our texters are really good. And I'm not saying you have to be positive, but to tell somebody to shut up, I mean, you've got to be a hillbilly. I mean, come Patrick on. says, tell Wade to turn the dial and listen <laughs> to the thunder all day. Uh, BFC, Bob from Cement, simply says, screw Wade. Another says, Wade's real name is Lincoln. <laughs> Yeah, we are giving the dude too much attention. I try not to lose it. Some of the, you know, I just can't imagine just the audacity of telling somebody to shut up. I mean, that's that's really rude. Really rude. I'm sorry. Call me a softy. Call me an old man. But, you know, it's just, it's just, you know. Wade might be a certain radio host from another station. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. Um, so, again, I was thinking about the opener for Oklahoma. Again, 32 days away. We've talked about this once before. I can remember because I was here when this station was KNOR way back in the day, and I was first starting out of OU. And, well, actually, I was about three years into my career at that point. But OU did not – it was 1985, actually, not 86, 85. I didn't know what you meant. When you say shut up, Wade, that changes everything. Wade's texting again. I know. It's always – If you would have said please – Stop talking about Brent's energy. Boom. And my my favorite thing, and I deal with these types of people all the time, especially at OUinsider.com, because every so often, I mean, you get, you continue to expand membership. You get trolls every now and again, and they all have a sentiment. Like, you fire back at them at some point. They always have a sentiment similar to what Wade says here. It's always a smart move to insult your listeners. Bet that helps with ratings. Oh, so you can come at me, but I'm not allowed to return fire? We're both human beings here, Wade. Well, look, it, like I said, the the whole thing was seriously shut up. That was the thing that got me ticked. And, uh, oh, yeah, I want you to call in, Wade. That would be good. People want to hear from you. Exactly. No problem. Here's what you can do. You can go to school and get a radio show. My, Michael from OKC says, apparently Wade forgot who daddy is. <laughs> 
right, we're, we're wasting way too much time on this guy anyway. That's my fault. Uh, anyway, now, I'm, oh, so 1985, Oklahoma did not did not open the season until September 28th. Can you imagine that? September 28th? How did it take that long for the season They to had a game scheduled with SMU. This was SMU. Uh, at that time, Bobby Collins was the head coach. They had a running back named Reggie Dupart. It was post-Pony Express days. Uh, but it was still a good SMU team. And SMU, they moved it for television, but the uh, – they had to move it to December, so which is weird anyway that you would open up September 14th is even a day that would have been that would have been a long time to wait for a season opener, right? In this day and age, particularly. So, but they didn't open up until September 28th, and that was a night game at Minnesota. They played in the Metrodome. That's when Lou Holtz was the head coach of Minnesota. They had a quarterback named Ricky Foggy, and again. Oklahoma had a quarterback by the name of Troy Aikman in 1985. Uh, the Sooners won that game. I think it was like 13, 14, 13 to 7. It was a low-scoring game. But I can remember, I think Minnesota had played like four games before Oklahoma finally got there. You know what I'm saying? That, how ridiculous. Can you imagine the anticipation for that? And that was a TNT game, a night game in the Metrodome, a Lou Holtz coached Minnesota team taking on Barry Switzer Sooners. And uh, that was also the year that Oklahoma came back. And then they played Miami at home. It was Vinny Testaverde, Michael Irvin, uh, you know, Daniel Stubbs, Melvin Bratton, all of those really good um, Miami players. And they came to Norman and they beat the Sooners. I think it was like 27 to 17, something like that, 27 to 14. But Oklahoma came back, won the national championship. Troy broke his leg. Jerome Brown broke his leg on a sack. Uh, that day, but Jamil Holloway came in. Miami lost in the uh, in the uh, Fiesta Bowl to Penn State. Oklahoma won the national championship uh, that year. But I can't imagine. I mean, September third cannot get here soon enough, right? Can you imagine waiting to September twenty eighth? Very strange. Thinking about that today, how bizarre that was. All right, Jeff Lebby is the. New offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, background at Oklahoma, played on the offensive line at Oklahoma. Uh, we know his background at Baylor, went to UCF, of course, and that's where he had a connection with Dylan Gabriel, uh, coaching with Josh Heupel there, but also now reunited as the OC on Brent Venable's staff. So let me ask earlier today, what's it like to be reunited with Brent Venables now 13 years later? Probably the the greatest thing about him is that he is he's the same guy. Um, yeah, are there some changes from a, a programmatic standpoint and, and what we're doing inside the program? A- absolutely, there are. But his consistency, his toughness, his passion, his energy, his care to to be great, his want to be great, it is the exact same as what I remember 13 years ago. And to me, it's a credit to him and. To me, that's that's why he is the head football coach at the University of Oklahoma is because of how he pours into it, man, every single day and uh, sets such a great standard for for all of his assistant coaches and everybody inside the program to, you know, to be to be the standard. Best is the standard, and he he does it by the way he he walks and and, and acts every single day. All right. Uh, normally, you don't get too wound up about a strength and conditioning coach, but when that strength and conditioning coach is coming back, and he was part of the uh, Sooners' last national championship run in 2000, Jerry Schmidt, 
Uh, Sooner fans are very fired up, no doubt about it. Oklahoma State has an excellent one, too, in Rob Glass. And when you think about I'm not sure there's a better pair of strength and conditioning coaches in the country at two schools in the same state when you look at uh, Jerry Schmidt at Oklahoma and Rob Glass at Oklahoma State. You've heard Mike Gundy go on and on saying that Rob Glass is the most important guy in their program. Well, Jerry Schmidt is huge at the University of Oklahoma, and Sooner fans are fired up that Schmidt is back. And that these workouts are not just the kettlebell uh, P90X Benny Wiley workouts. Basically is what they were, right, to an extent. I mean, obviously there's some sarcasm there, but I think these are probably more difficult. Jeff Levy was asked, uh, you know, can you see the Schmitty effect taking hold already? It's been incredible. You know, you get around our guys in the summer, you get around Schmitty in the summer, man, you automatically get inspired. You can't help but be in that room and be inspired by – the way guys are, are, are working and sweating. We talk about sweat equity all the time. And, um, you know, Schmitty does an unbelievable job reaching these guys every single day and giving us the ability that when we walk down that tunnel, man, our guys are going to be prepared and, and ready to go to war. You remember when Braden Willis said, yeah, my workouts in high school were more difficult than the workouts we did under Benny Wiley? That is crazy. People forget that happened. But I, I, I just want to bring that up again. Because that tells you how soft the culture was in the weight room. By the way, USC, those USC fans, man, they are buzzing about Benny Wiley. They love them some Benny Wiley. They're under the impression that Benny Wiley is building beasts in their weight room. Should well, we tell them or should we just let, th- let it happen? Maybe he got a copy of uh, Jerry Schmidt's workout plan. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened. You know what I mean? So, anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, the Sooners, Sooner fans really want to see a tougher, more physical, disciplined football team. Look, you're not going to make every tackle on defense. The other guys have something to do with that. You know, coaches talk about execution all the time, right? Well, some guys, the, sometimes the other guy's better and blows up your execution on a play. You know, if the Sooners get D.J. Hicks, he'll probably be one of those guys, like Tommy Harris was, like Gerald McCoy was, like the Boz was back in the 80s, all right? But, you know, there have been too many missed tackles. There have been too many giving up third and 15, third and 16, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That Sooner fans just, uh, they're sick of seeing that. And, uh, you know, last year's defense, you've got a, a bunch of guys that are going to be playing on Sundays, right? I mean, you look at uh, Perion Winfrey and obviously Nick Benito and uh, Brian Osamoa has done a lot of good things already in the Vikings camp. They like him a lot. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, what happens up with Isaiah Thomas, too, and guys like that, maybe DTY. They had better talent on defense last year, but I would have loved to have seen – Last year's defense, with some of the talent they had, coached up by this staff for two or three years. Of It would have been very interesting to see how it played out. Of the road game in 1985 against Minnesota, Sam in Tulsa says, I road-tripped to that game in Winnebago with a half-dozen drunks. What a defense we had that year. There you go. Yeah, that was a heck of a defense. And again, they held 
they held Minnesota to seven points, and that was a Lou Holtz Minnesota team. And I think it was like fourteen to seven. The Sooners won a road trip to Minnesota, September twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five, with a half dozen drunks. <laughs> Burley Boomer asks, Mike, can you recall in your lifetime a more anticipated season for OU football from OU fans? This feels unprecedented. You know, um, I can't. I hate to be the latest is the greatest kind of guy, but you know what I mean? But I can't. And I was saying this about the spring game as well. So I really can't. I just think Sooner fans, they were – I, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they were ready to kick Lincoln Riley out of here, Mule Shoe out of here. They were just disappointed because they were seeing, I think, a a decline in the quality of football at OU. It was still really good, but they wanted to see better. They wanted to be improving and getting better, not gradually getting worse. And I think that's what was happening. So that, I think, uh, is what it's all about. Okay. You know, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad. I think Why do you feel bad? Because I think I upset Wade too. I shouldn't. I should have been the professional in this situation and not gone to the immediate. So I don't like being confrontational radio guy. That's not my style. I don't like that. I really don't. But uh, so Wade, my apologies to you. I shouldn't have gone that quickly. I, you know, maybe we can. I'll extend the olive branch here because I don't like being that guy. I feel really bad. I'm going to need some counseling out of this. Is there a counselor that can take care of me? Probably not. I'm laying down on the couch, the diagnosis. This guy is a problem. That's probably what they'd say. All right, we'll take a break. Thank you, Tim Lasher. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Going to tell you how you can get to the OU Nebraska game, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind. And we've got more sound on the way. Brent talking about the new superstar on his staff, Miguel Chavis. That's coming up next here on The Ref. Really seeing a mental health counselor reaching out on uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We have to get to that in a minute. I mean, you basically solicited one. I know. So. Well, I still think you need to file me in the Beyond Help file. That's where I need to go in that folder, Beyond Help me all right i was talking about our friends at riverwind casino they always have some great promotions uh, they are awesome and if you were thinking about man i'd love to go to the union nebraska game i don't quite have the funds for that and you know the tickets are pretty costly if you don't have one already well you can still get there by using your wild card at riverwind in the battle of the big reds promotion which is happening right now through august 14th earn one entry for every five points in your wild card including five times the entries again uh, on mondays and tuesdays so you have today as well then get out to riverwind sundays august 7th and 14th they'll have drawings every 30 minutes from noon to 4 30 for either 400 in cash or bonus play and then on sunday august 14th the top five patrons out at riverwind who earn the most points during the promotion are going to be awarded a trip to the OU nebraska game the top five again we're not talking about the top overall points getter we are talking about the top five that would be a cool deal that's a value of twenty five hundred dollars almost twenty five hundred dollars plus you're going to get a thousand dollars in cash so man you can go see the sooners and the huskers in lincoln september 17th courtesy of our friends at riverwind casino simply the best okay uh miguel chavis you remember when we we all kind of discovered miguel chavis 
Parker. It was like he was on Twitter, and all of a sudden it popped up. Here's a guy who's got like OU in his bio all of a sudden. We hadn't even really heard an official announcement yet. At least I hadn't. Had you? And then you see Miguel Chavis on Twitter, and you're like, who is this guy? There's some guy with a private Twitter account and like 2,000 followers yeah. posting about being the new defensive ends coach at the University of Oklahoma. Little did the Sooner fans know what they were getting. We knew that. I, I love that when he, one of his early press conferences, he said that he had a conversation with his wife. You know, what do you want to do? I want to go with I want to go with V to Nor- to Oklahoma, you know. And here they are. And the guy has been a rock star on the recruiting trail. Sooner fans love his energy. He's funny. You saw you saw the video last night with he and Todd Bates. Great stuff. Here's what Brent said today when he was asked about uh, Miguel Chavis and what he has already done. Really his first real coaching gig besides being like a grad assistant, right? He's on the staff. And uh, so far, again, he has been hitting it out of the park for this Sooner coaching staff. Here's Brent today on Miguel Chavis. I've known what he can do. That's why we, uh, you know, he was one of the first hires we had. And uh, he's matured beyond his years, uh, terrific around the players. Uh, you know, uh, you all see a lot of the fun stuff, but he's, he's tough and he's demanding. Uh, and he gets the most out of his guys. You know, I don't need anybody else to. Uh, you know, sign off on whether or not the guy can can coach and recruit and be a great teammate and have a lot of depth to you know from a knowledge standpoint. I know, you know what he can do, and I wouldn't have done it if I if I was unsure or if he was just a great recruiter. Uh, you know, that's not you got to be able to bring all. I don't want to have to hide your weaknesses. You know, you, you're going to show up here. You know, you're going to be able to. Uh, do well in all those areas you know i saw a couple things on twitter last night and this tells you how the ou fan base feels about this coaching staff so far we knew immediately they were going to embrace brent venables and right off the top i think that brent was the choice of sooner fans you know that's who they wanted and then kind of the other scenario was man if you can get brent as head coach with his uh, defensive chops and you can add Jeff Levy as the offensive coordinator, you've hit it out of the park. And then you add Todd Bates, and you add Ted Roof, and this Miguel Chavis guy that none of us knew anything about, but we're starting to figure out looks like a heck of an addition to this coaching staff. And then you get a Thad Turnipseed, you know, coming in as the, uh, the guy that kind of oversees everything, the football ops guy, big-time hire. So – uh, but I saw some tweets, man, I just hope we can keep this coaching staff together. Well, and that's the big question yeah. now, right, is how like you're going to have to pay Miguel Chavis at some point. That dude is going to make some big money, whether at Oklahoma or elsewhere. So that's probably him and Lebby are the two guys that I would say, when you look at the trajectory of their coaching careers, there is a very good chance they are up for some very big jobs very soon and so if you want to keep those two guys around you're going to have to give them impressive titles you're going to have to give them pay raises you're going to have to do whatever it takes to make sure that they remain part of the Sooner family but going back to your point about Venables and how he was the guy that all the fans wanted how rare is it and this is just this is just how blessed and how special Oklahoma is as a program how rare is it that a school can all of a sudden have a head coaching vacancy 
be able to clearly identify like and you didn't even have to be a sage or an administrator or a journalist to see okay Brent Venables is probably the guy here and he's the guy that is best cut out for the job and he's an elite option how rare is it not only to be able to go and pursue that guy but to bring him home and make him your next next head coach without a whole heck of a lot of drama yeah like generally there there are schools and I guarantee USC was in this boat too. Right? Even when the USC job came open, yeah, Lincoln Riley was a viable option. It, it didn't look like a viable a viable option for the longest time. But when you think about who Lincoln Riley is as a coach, I'm sure there were a lot of USC fans clamoring for a guy like him. But he wasn't the consensus top coach available. He wasn't the guy for USC. There were USC people that wanted Matt Campbell. There were USC people that wanted Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. There were USC people. Well, he was the offensive coordinator for two weeks out there, right, before he failed up to Arizona. Which is one of the most impressive uh, fail jobs (laughs) I have ever seen in coaching. Yeah. Uh, But for everybody, and I mean everybody, across the Oklahoma Sooners fan base, at the administrative level, across campus for everybody immediately to look at that vacancy and go, okay, option A1 is Brent Venables, and to be able to go and get that guy, that's not something that a lot of other schools can do, Mike. All right. Uh, I like that. See, Wade, that's good. Wade, see, I apologized to Wade because I overreacted. I should have been the professional. I, I just – it was a little strongly worded for me. I know what you were trying to get across. It just seemed a little strong. I've had I've had an emotional day. It's been an emotional day. But uh, it's all good. Tangent much. By the way, my OE degree was in hillbilly studies with a minor in trailer park fine living. <laughs> That's true. You're right. And when a text is sent, sometimes you don't get the tone. Wade, my apologies. I It's... I should have been the pro. Where's the mental health counselor? Are they still there? I want to know what the recommendation is, like what I need to do. I'm a mental health counselor here in OKC. If you ever need some counseling, just know there's probably nothing that can be done. Too far gone. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Like I said, beyond help would be the uh, the file cabinet that I would go in. So, See, I feel bad. I shouldn't – like, Plank will get after a, a texter every now and then, and, like, I'll text him, Plank, don't worry about it, man. You, you know, but it happens sometimes. So, Wade, I'm extending my radio hand through the speaker right now to shake yours. It's all good. All right. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Let's hear from Baker Mayfield what it's like at Carolina camp after a week. We'll do that next here on The Ref. Hey, welcome back. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Okay, I, I said I was an emotional wreck. This is an excuse for blowing up a Wade, which was unprofessional. But, um, so, it is so weird. I guess it's really not weird. And, man, I'm opening up here. Maybe I'm doing this for counseling right now. So my dad passed away about 18 months ago. Huge OU fan. Worshipped the ground that Bud Wilkinson walked on. I was indoctrinated into Sooner football pretty much right, right there in the crib. In the, in, you know, the baby crib, not the crib, the other crib. So, I mean, we, uh, 
I grew up over on Comanche Street in Norman, which is, you know, a couple miles. I can still remember as a kid, before I went to my first game in 1970, the roar of the crowd and wondering what that was. So, again, you talk about sooner born and sooner bred, yes, that that's me. And I watched so many games, you know, with my dad over the years. And I'm, I want to turn this into a question for next hour, too. But here's what happened today, Parker. I'm in the production room, and I'm listening – uh, to Plank Show because they're having a lot of audio, and I also wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, get some of the audio in case there was somebody like they had DeMarco Murray for a few minutes. So I'm like, oh, I got to roll on this so we can have some audio for the show. Uh, and True Sooner, you know, got me thinking because we've talked about this before on the air a few times that that 85 Oklahoma team did not open the season until September 28th. A game at Minnesota against Lou Holtz and the Golden Gophers in the Metrodome that Oklahoma won in a game that I'm almost positive was either on TNT or TBS at the time. And Oklahoma again won the game. But I'm thinking, wait, that's the same season, right, that Oklahoma lost to Miami 1985. So I went back to YouTube and I got some highlights from the 1985 Oklahoma-Miami game. And it was the same season. But, you know, as you get older, your memory starts to uh, leave you a little bit. So I'm looking back at that video. And, dude, I was overcome because I remember watching that game with my dad and the tears would not stop. It's like they were, it was just like a mountain of emotions. And I know a lot of you can probably identify with that because you have a certain memory and, and you never get fully over something like that. But it's it's a song in the radio or something like that. And I remember I was in there in production room like, man, dude, get it together. Somebody's going to walk in here in the production room and go, yeah, Steely's a mess. He's in here crying, you know. Um, but it, it's so weird because I it, like for a couple minutes I couldn't stop because I can remember it brought back all the memories of the games that I watched with my dad. And I, that was a specific memory and thinking, and it just, boom, just the waterworks started. So, but I was thinking about this. Um, we used to, I'm old enough to have listened to OU games on the radio and Plank's done a great job putting some of these games out there, you know, that you can go back to from, I think it's the 72 season, uh, that he's had out there when, uh, uh, Bob Barry was on the call and Jack Ogle was on the color commentary or later, you know, John Snyder, um, Mike Treps for years, too, uh, before all of the games were on television. And Oklahoma and Georgia got together with the lawsuits, you know, that that basically said that, you know, you can have your own television rights. So you could be on more than two or three times a year, and that's it. That changed the game, and it was Oklahoma and Georgia getting together to uh, win that lawsuit against the NCAA at the time. But I remember thinking about how many games as a kid I listened to on the radio. And out of, you know, at that time, the regular season was 11 games. There was no conference championship game. And if you won the Big Eight, you were going to the Orange Bowl, right? And with a chance to play for the national championship. So you basically had 12 games. I can remember listening late at night to that 73 team go play USC to that tie in the Coliseum. But I also remember I had a ritual listening to the radio on a big play. Maybe I was a wimpy kid, probably. But every time, like, it's going to be fourth and one for the Sooners, you know, this is the biggest play of the game so far, I would leave and go into the bathroom and brush my teeth for, like, 90 seconds and then come back to see how the play came out. 
that was like my is that a ritual? Is that a superstition? Is that just paranoia? It's a superstitious and paranoid ritual. Yes, that you exactly. So that's what I would do. And I can remember every big play that I'm like, I can't listen to this, man. I got to go brush my teeth. And again, I'm talking about the ages from like 8 to 12 or something like that. But I'm wondering if you guys had a ritual or if you have a ritual or a superstition uh, either growing up listening to Oklahoma football, if you're as old as me, or you do that during the games now. Like, I mean, there's no way I'd miss that play now. But as a kid, I couldn't take it. I had to leave the room and come back. Yeah, well, we converted. You know, Steve Davis hit Tinker Owens with a, you know, a ten yard pass, and you know, all's good. You want to hit this text before we close out the sure. hour? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Oh, I was going to let you read it. Okay. We happened to stay at the team hotel for that Minnesota game. When we were leaving for the game, the team was leaving too. I went to the gift shop, and Switzer was in there. I was 14 years old and asked him how he felt about the game. And he said, I, oh, hell, we're going to kick their ass. I can see Barry Switzer said, did he say anything? But they didn't hang a half a hundred on him, though, because I think it was either 13 or 14 to 7, Oklahoma winning that game against Minnesota. So there you go. But, yeah, I want to know if you have any ritual superstitions for watching or back in the old days listening to OU games on the radio because that was mine. Big play. I'm leaving. I'm going to brush my teeth, coming back, and see how it played out in about two minutes. Stay with us. We've got another hour to go. We're going to hear from Baker Mayfield, more Sooner coaches, a lot more football next hour right here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, welcome back. We're getting some good texts already. I like it, I like it, I like it. We'll be going to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a few uh, and uh, hear what some of your rituals or superstitions are uh, concerning uh, watching Sooner football or like me. Like I told this story, um, like, I, like I was saying, and this led me to thinking of my dad today because uh, I was thinking about the 85 season when Oklahoma opened up the season September 28th in a game against Minnesota. Imagine, again, opening up on September 28th, and this was a night game in the Metrodome against Lou Holtz and the uh, Golden Gophers, and Oklahoma won that game. But I grew up, and so anyway, I was in the production room earlier today, um, and I thought, okay, the 85 season, that was also the year that Jimmy Johnson brought Miami into Norman. But it, I was thinking, man, they would have had to come in in like October. That Miami game against the Vinny Testaverde, Miami Hurricanes, Michael Irvin, Melvin Bratton, Daniel Stubbs, Jerome Brown, the late Jerome Brown who broke Troy Aikman's leg in that game. That Miami game was October 19th. Non-conference game, Miami came to Norman and beat the Sooners. Uh, but Oklahoma got the last laugh. Uh, Jamel Holloway came in. They went back to the bone. Uh, they were, you know, running uh, still some option, obviously, with Troy Aikman. In fact, Troy Aikman had a long option run in that game before he broke his leg, and Troy Aikman was throwing the ball. Uh, Derek Shepard on the receiving end, I can remember a one-touchdown pass early in that game. Anyway, so I was trying to remember, wasn't that the same? Okay, I need to go to YouTube and look uh, for the uh, 85 Oklahoma, if, if it was indeed 85. And I found it, and I started watching it for a few minutes. And the tears came out of nowhere because I was remembering watching that game with my dad and all the memories I had of watching games or listening to games with my dad growing up. Lost my dad about 18 months ago. And it just, you know, this stuff just, boom, it comes out of nowhere. And it taps into your emotional well. And like I said, I'm sitting here thinking, man, yeah. 
please, nobody come in this production room because somebody was going to go, Steely, what's wrong? I'm just watching the Miami game from 85, man. Leave me alone. It wasn't that big of a loss. We won a national championship. You know, they wouldn't have understood. But I was thinking back to when I was a kid, having been born and raised in Norman, and, you know, like I said, sooner born, sooner bred. I mean, basically, I had OU diapers on pretty much. And as far as you know, I might just have OU adult diapers on right now. But I can remember listening to the games on the radio. Like I said, 11-game regular season, you would get 12 games, no conference championship game. You'd get your 11-game schedule, and then you would get a bowl game. And you would get maybe a couple games, you know, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, maybe Bedlam, uh, two or three games, and then you get the bowl game. Like four games out of the 12 would be on TV. The other games were on the radio. And I can remember as a kid, like I said, when big plays would come up, you know, Bob Berry, big play for the Sooners here, fourth and one. This could be the fate of the game on the line. I wouldn't listen. I would leave the room. I would go to the bathroom for whatever reason. I even had the toothpaste on the brush already because I knew I was going to leave on a couple big plays during the game. And I had to make sure I didn't, you know, have to do the through the whole process because I had to get back quickly. But I would go brush my teeth for 60, 90 seconds, come back. What happened? Well, you know, they stuffed us on fourth and one. Damn it. Let me go brush my teeth again, you know. That's basically what it was. So I want to know if you guys have a ritual now watching OU games, a superstition, or if you did something similar to that uh, back in the days with the radio. We got some fun texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Terry from Dewey says, during the 2015 OU Tennessee game, what a game that was. Unbelievable I remember watching that one. Uh, My buddy was eating a dessert as OU started their comeback. We made him continue eating dessert until the game was over. From that game on, if OU is down late, he has to eat whatever dessert we have that day until the game is decided. I think he gained 30 (laughs) pounds last year. I like it, Terry. Thank you. Good stuff. Another listener says, I can't wear anything that has the opponent's colors on it. No exceptions. Mm -hmm. All right. There we've got a good one. Uh, My family and I, growing up, would switch seats if the team wasn't doing well. Uh, Realtor Chris says, my brother and I watch the games together when we're not in the stadium and are very selective on who we are on who we allow to watch with us. If OU happens to lose, those people are not welcome back, and there's a good chance we will never watch another <laughs> game on that particular television again. That's it. You know, maybe that's a good procedure. In 2018 and 2019, says one listener, I wore my cousin's jersey, Lee Morris, every game day. We never lost a game when I did. Well, why didn't you wear it for Kansas State? Yeah, I mean, come on. What happened there? Did uh, did the uh, did it get stolen? What happened to the Lee Morris jersey? I don't know. 2018, 2019, it was a good luck charm. Somebody bizarrely asked, hey, Parker, is Carter Lake, Iowa, close to Omaha? Okay, so l- let me explain this. Uh, Carter Lake is on the Nebraska side of the Missouri River but is actually part of the state of Iowa. And the reason being is because Carter Lake is an oxbow lake. Mm -hmm. And for those unfamiliar with that technical term, what it means is there was a bend in the Missouri River that was essentially straightened out by a flood. So if you can imagine a river running straight, and then there's that bend, and then it resumes running straight, at a certain point, particularly if there's a flood, 
the river is going to take the path of least resistance, right? The uh, quickest way to get from point A to point B is in a straight line. So there was a flood sometime in the late 19th century, and the river bypassed that bend, which then became Carter Lake. So there was a legal dispute between Nebraska and Iowa back in the day, because in essence, if you think about it, the Missouri River basically moved that particular area of land from the Iowa side to the Nebraska side. Mm-hmm. So there was a legal dispute between Nebraska and Iowa. Iowa ended up winning the legal dispute. So though Carter Lake is on the Nebraska side of the Missouri River, it is technically part of Iowa. Crazy. So there you go. Fun geography fact of the day. There you go. I'm impressed you knew that. Very nice. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line on the 817. Steely, you know Sooner Sports uh podcast wait 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 let's go to the at one seven real quick uh is replaying the radio broadcast of old game 72 nebraska and 73 miami are available right now yeah i heard plank talking about that i think it's awesome if i'm not mistaken was that 73 miami game on a friday night for some reason because i think i was at a norman high school football game at owen field and OU was playing miami and OU had, I think, a kind of a, a comeback victory. It was closer than it was expected to be. But somebody see if you can find that out because I think that OU-Miami game in Miami in 73 was played on a Friday night, which is kind of unusual. Maybe they had to do that to get the field ready for the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe they needed a day between. I don't know. Back to the text line. Hey, Steely, Vicky from Norman. My husband leaves home when the Sooners fall behind in a close game and goes to car lots. He's even been known to come home with a new car. <laughs> you just won a new car, but you lost the game. I like it. Santa John says the 2003 A&M game is on demand on the ESPN Plus OU channel. Is Mike Lupica watching? Do we know? Remember Mike Lupico and the sports reporters the next day just lambasted Bob Stoops? When Bob Stoops basically told A&M, hey, you know what? We'll even run the clock with no timeouts. They were falling down by the fourth quarter to not move the ball. They could actually have scored 100 that day. They could have. You know, it's kind of like that LSU team in the Peach Bowl could have scored 100 on Oklahoma. But there is no doubt that was a Dennis Francione A&M team that just got throttled by Oklahoma. Now, uh, Reggie McNeil. Former Texas A&M quarterback has a son uh, who's an up-and-coming talent in the class of 2025 in the state of Texas. So uh, I've met the younger Reggie. Obviously, by proxy, I've met the older Reggie. Had a chance to interact with him on the sidelines at some of these recruiting events that I end up visiting. It. <laughs> we had a good laugh about that uh, 2003 A&M OU game at some point because he was he was the quarterback that day when A&M just got their brains beat out at Owen Field by the Sooners. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the defensive lineman that celebrated when OU was up, I think, 77 to nothing or 70 to nothing and made a play like on a short yardage play, made a stop and started celebrating. Another listener says, I got brand new Nikes in Houston the morning of our 2016 game versus UH. Haven't worn them since. Oh, that was the Tom Herman game. Oh, that was the Tom yeah, Herman game. All right. That, that was That was not fun. Not fun at all. And Oklahoma started the season out one and two. That's the game where they lost to Ohio State, right? When Austin Kendall said that the Buckeyes had the basic defense. And it was, you know, it was really Austin Kendall who created the Baker flag plant because 
He's the one who had the Ohio State players posing with the basic defense sign in Norman, which led to the Baker flag plant the next season. So, anyway. On the text line, Ryan here. 2015 Tennessee game. I was watching the game at my mom's in Noble. At the end of the third, I gave up and started to head back home in Edmond. I started listening to it on the radio in the car, and I get 10 minutes down the road, and they start the comeback. I get back to campus in Edmond, and some people are gathered in the foyer watching the game. I'm able to see the last three minutes of overtime. When they seal the game with that interception, I start running around campus screaming at the top of my lungs. My girlfriend at the time was not impressed. Well, guess what? <laughs> that girlfriend clearly doesn't have OUDNA. So <laughs> there's, right. there, there's a reason why she was the girlfriend at the time. Oh, man, that's good. I can remember a story. This isn't a superstition story, but, all right, we were seniors in high school or juniors in high school. So uh, we were thinking, man, this OU Nebraska game, we've got to find a place to go party. Well, nobody's parents were, like, out of town or anything. So we went to the old OU motel, and we got a room, which was very cheap and very, you know, scary. But me and some buddies, don't want to mention any names, Sean Baker, Jeff Beller, Kevin Ellis, we decided, you know what, we'll just get us some beer, do some underage drinking, which I don't recommend at all. Don't do it, kids. Don't you do it. But that was the game where the Sooners, I think they were down to a like third and 19 at like the Nebraska two-yard line, and Stanley Wilson went on this long run from fullback to get – and then the pitch out to Buster Rhymes, and eventually Buster Rhymes goes in the end zone to win the game last minute for Oklahoma – so we're all jumping around. There's like a dog pile on the bed. And my friend, Jeff Beller, goes flying over the dog pile, hits his head on the brick wall. No window or anything. The window's on the other side of the room, but there's a brick wall. This is a brick wall there. Boom, straight into it. It's like out cold for like 20 seconds, comes back, and just says, yells, boomer, after being unconscious. <laughs> So, yes, we all have those memories. All right, but if you have a ritual or a superstition, like I was talking about as a kid, listening to the radio, big play, big play that could decide the game, I never listened to them. I would go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, come back, find out what happened. Very strange, yes, but if you've listened to me, you know I'm a very strange man. All right, let's take a break right here. Thank you to our sponsor for hour number two, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. How about this guarantee? Big-time guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life, or newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. They should call it the Parker Thune Guarantee. Because if Parker had that guarantee, he wouldn't have been Ubering around for a while. But the car is resurfaced. Hey, we're back on the road. It's back. We are back on the road. More lives than Michael Myers in the Halloween movies, that vehicle. All right, stay with us. Be right back here on The Ref. Air Comfort Solutions text line. We're coming right back to you here in just a second. 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. And uh, don't forget about the Riverwind uh, Hotline, 405-329-9000. We mainly get guests on the Riverwind Hotline, uh, 405-329-9000. But if you want to go old school, go ahead. Give us a call. All right. uh, So Todd Bates talking about OU's recruiting philosophy because, you know, I I remember this has just been a couple weeks ago because Derek LeBlanc – 
uh, finally committed to Oklahoma, and now you have, uh, you know, it looks like Jordan Renat is going to be a uh, OU uh, commitment. It looks like there's a good chance that DJ Hicks will be as well. Uh, and at defensive end, you know, you just added Colton Vosick yesterday, the kid from Austin Westlake, spurning the horns and committing to the Sooners. P.J. Atabare out of Kansas City on one end, Vosick in the other. You could be getting to Sulia Kana. But we were kind of waiting for Todd Bates to get on the board. And Todd Bates got on the board in a big way, and it looks like there's more to come. This was Todd Bates earlier today at OU Media Day talking about the Sooners coming on strong uh, right now in recruiting. It's an old saying, and it's cliche. It's not how you start, but how you finish. And, um, you know, that's what we're trying to do with, with recruiting, man. You want, And it starts with the relationships and having a real one and, and vetting out the people who aren't about that, who aren't about relationships, and, and making sure you're on the right guys, which is people who want to, you know, develop as a whole person, you know, spiritually, academically, socially, and athletically, and um, guys that are seeking what you got. You know, you go to the store, you're going for a reason. It's because that store has what you're looking for, and that's what we want to be. You know, we want, we want people here who, who are looking for what we have. And we got something great. There you go. Uh, and you feel good again about Renad. How are you feeling today about DJ Hicks? Same? Very good. Very, 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 very good. good. Oklahoma leads that recruitment by a significant margin at the moment. S- somebody now, was asking again why that commitment thing shows up for A&M, and you've explained that many times. Yeah, it's not a commitment. It's a crystal ball prediction. There's one expert prediction in on 24-7 sports in favor of Texas A&M. Therefore, the number is 100% because 100% of the experts that have entered the prediction, i.e. one of one, believe that David Hicks will end up at Texas A&M. I will say this, things have changed drastically since that prediction was entered. And I think most everyone across the industry would agree at this point in time that Oklahoma's in the driver's seat to land DJ Hicks. I want to bring up another comment that Todd Bates made. Okay. Uh, my colleague Brandon Drum tweeted it out but i loved it because you know todd bates is kind of a poet right and he's always he's always posting those freestyle rap lines those acronyms the verses that he comes up with on social media one of the things he said earlier and i don't know if this is a todd bates original or if it's been recycled from elsewhere but with regard to recruiting I believe he was talking about just how scrupulous Oklahoma is in evaluating prospects beyond just their ability on the football field, but their character, uh, their social uh, nature, their grades, their family dynamics, all of that, everything that plays into a scholarship offer from the University of Oklahoma, everything that could potentially factor into that decision to offer a kid or not. Todd Bates said something that I thought was very, very interesting and very astute. He said, if you don't sign a five-star, if you miss out on a five-star, that guy's going to beat you once or twice. If you sign the wrong five-star, he beats you every day. Interesting. Wow. That's That's a very creative and very apt way uh, to put the challenge of recruiting because – Oftentimes, it's just as much about the five stars that you did sign that didn't pan out as it is about the five stars that you didn't sign that ended up somewhere else. Yeah, no doubt. And that's why I'm saying that Todd Bates is one of my favorite poets. I have two. 
I have two. Jim Morrison, Todd Bates. Like I said, you and I need to get the uh, rights deal to the collected uh, works of Todd Bates. Yukon Bob on the text line says he has to banish his wife to the back room to watch any OU game after she swore off OU after a loss to Texas. She has since apologized to no avail. May let her back in the living room to Chris in the BV era, but I doubt it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Steely Jolly was the A&M player who celebrated. All right. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Yeah, there was an A&M player when it was, I believe it was either 70 to nothing or 77 to nothing. You made like a stop on third down and started celebrating. Oh, we have another text from Wade in OKC. Wade, we're good. Wade and I are friends again. I was, I'm at fault. So. Okay, two things. One, uh, he says Walter Cronkite called the first radio season of OU football. I did not know that. That is accurate. That is, I think Kurt Gowdy also called some OU games, if I'm not mistaken. But that is 100% correct. You can Google an image, Walter Cronkite, Oklahoma football, and probably find him next to a microphone. Yeah, his second text says, I had a ratty OU Nike just do it. Oklahoma t-shirt and secondhand OU shorts that I wore every Saturday, but they failed me in the Georgia game. You know who failed in the Georgia game? Mule shoe. That's who failed. That's who failed. He didn't have the intestinal fortitude to go for it on fourth and one. He also just said, guys, you know, it'd be a great idea here. Squib kick, right? Surely Muleshoe made the call. The head coach has got to approve that, right? Well, I would hope he made the call, seeing as how he always refused to hire a special teams coordinator. I know. That guy. Jeez. Okay, let's get back to the Air Cover Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. So, uh, oh, you're, yeah, well, that's you shouldn't have worn, worn the uh, white, black, or gray shorts. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what do they call the Georgia, the silver britches, I believe? To me, they're gray, but they, that's kind of what they call Like the black shirts in Nebraska, they used to yeah, call yeah, them yeah. that back I'm in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> I break out my Tony Casillas freshman helmet for big games. I also have some chunks of magical turf from the field they tore up and went to grass in the 80s. Many others for big games. Boomer Sooner. That is a ritual. I could remember, man, the uh, the artificial turf in Norman. And if you, like, you could get, this is no way you could do this today, but you could go out to, like, Owen Field on a Sunday and just play touch football. You know, gates were, were open. You could get out there. I can remember the turf. If you guys, if you're from this area, I know you probably went out there and played at least a couple times. The big crown in the middle of the field where, you know, the rest of the field would slope down towards the sidelines. And part of that, I think, was somewhat by design because the Sooners were running the triple option offense with speedsters like Joe Washington and Billy Sims and Elvis Peacock and David Overstreet, all those great running backs. And you want those guys on the turf, and you also want – they're running downhill, man, when they're going to the corner. So uh, – so, you know, if you were from Norman or more around this area as a kid, you probably played a couple uh, – maybe it was tackle, maybe it was touch, but you probably played some football on Owen Field back in the day. Don't think you could do that now. My next very public campaign 
I've made the executive decision, is going to be to restore a natural field surface at Eldale Mitchell Park. Because we have effectively eradicated turf on the campus of the University of Oklahoma, except at Eldale Mitchell Park. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the baseball traditionalist in me. I'm not a turf guy. That's the one beef I have with Eldale Mitchell Park. Get rid of the turf. Natural grass. Actual dirt. Bring it back. I'm all in favor. You know who what was horrible? Who went to the turf again and went away from natural grass, which to me I thought was, and this word will give it away, I thought it was sacrilegious. Notre Dame. Notre Dame should be playing games on grass. That is football blasphemy for Notre Dame to be playing on that silly turf that has all the tire parts in it or whatever, you know, the little – where you have the little black dust that pops up. It's same stuff they have in Stillwater, right? Have you caught wind of the fact, of the, uh, fact that I'm the most hated human being in South Bend right now? Uh, you told me that they were not very happy because of the Peyton Bowen situation. They blame you. It's like they think you're recruiting Peyton Bowen. You're not recruiting him. You're just reporting. I have become the scapegoat for all of the leprechauns' feelings. So you are about the, the you are the Jeff Ketchum. No, no, no. Notre Dame do not fans. Just stop. Do not make any analogy here. Why not? Because I am not Jeff Ketchum in any sense. You might be bald and 20 pounds heavier or more in like 20 years. But not. no, you're not now. Okay. I, that was maybe – I was just I'm trying gonna, to say – I'm going to go out been, there on a limb and say that old GK has a few more than 20 pounds on me. But yeah, probably, one man's opinion. He's probably got, yeah, 100 on you plus. All right, we got to take a break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back. Baker Mayfield, how is the race going in Carolina? Sam Darnold, Baker, maybe Matt Corral. We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Ref. Well, and there goes the music. The Allman Brothers decided, you know what? We're not playing. We're going on strike. Told you that I uh, know somebody who called them the Almond Brothers back in the day. Yes, you did tell me that. The Almond Brothers. Anyway, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Sometimes the computers just don't cooperate. I know that from doing a streaming show. Every now and then, just when you think everything's running perfectly, boom, something comes up. There we go. There, okay. Now, I, 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 had, to give, I had to run that one back. Where uh, Southern Rockers, are you Almond Brothers camp or are you Skinner camp? Uh, 38 Special. Think, uh, who else? Marshall Tucker Band. I'm talking about old school Southern Rock. I really like Dwayne Almond's style. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the founders of slide guitar. All right, so you have I to I mean, have... there wouldn't be a uh, Layla without Dwayne Almond, right? That's true. People don't realize that. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so I would probably go Skinner one, Almond Brothers a close second. Now you got to give credit to Eric Clapton for being the one that composed and performed that song. But that guitar riff that everybody knows, that's Dwayne Almond right there. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, what a song that was. Great song. The piano uh, exit. 
was it the coda? Was it a coda or like? Yeah, the that's the that's the technical term. Yeah, the coda. It's it works out, and I still associate that with the movie Goodfellas to this day. Really? Because it was part of the montage in Goodfellas, just the piano coda from uh, from the end of Layla, and it was all about. You know, Eric Clapton was messing around with George Harrison's wife or ex-wife, you know. Layla was Patty Boyd, George Harrison's ex, who Eric Clapton was crushing on, moving in on. Decided, you know what, I'm going to write a song about this, too. We'll just, we won't say Patty, we'll say Layla. Travis Davidson texted after I completely botched that intro. And said, what the hell was that? Was that you? Yes, that was me, Travis. <laughs> it's been almost a year. See, Travis, apparently I- he expects perfection. I got to tell you, though, don't be a perfectionist because I'm... No, that's the problem. I am a perfectionist. I, me too. Like if something goes wrong on a bumper or break or in my stream, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, so I promise a- you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall asleep tonight thinking about, man, I really whiffed on that bumper. <laughs> I think, though, sir, you know what? Every now and then, like Sandy Koufax would give up a home run. Nolan Ryan didn't pitch a no-hitter every time, right? Only seven times. So you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Okay, uh, can we play the Baker Mayfield clip? Because uh, Baker Mayfield, we have had one week of training camp in Carolina. And it's Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield. And maybe Matt Corral, probably not, but who knows? Matt Rule said, yeah, everybody's got the same shot. Um, I don't know. Everybody yeah, thinks miss, it's, miss me with that. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to be Baker or Sam Darnold. Now, I did see there is a guy – who did I follow? What's his name? If you want to – Carolina Panthers stuff. This guy is evaluating every day at training camp and giving a win to Baker, Sam Darnold, or a tie. So – and who is these, this guy? Uh, Ellis Williams. Panthers beat writer, Ellis L. Williams. And so far, he scored it Baker 2, Sam Darnold 2, and Matt Corral 1. And here's what Baker said uh, yesterday afternoon after practice, how he's feeling after one week of camp with Carolina. First few days were kind of a whirlwind, getting everything down, getting timing down. Um, much more comfortable after having the first off day and uh, being able to kind of review the first few installs and no, just to, you know, the more bonding and, and the more camp time you have, the better you get to know your teammates. So it's feel a lot better from, from day one, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, hoping to keep striving and making each step each day and then moving forward. You know, the first few installs are extremely heavy to kind of get this base of the, the offense down, you know, the foundation. So for me, last week was about uh, more taking care of the ball and uh, getting everything down, you know, communicating correctly, over-communicate over communicating making sure everybody's on the same page and and now it's really time to put it all together and go play there you go so what happens if sam Darnold wins the job he's not gonna win the job mike but what if he does though i'm not even entertaining that hypothetical we're talking about sam Darnold here i mean it's gonna be like colonel kurtz in apocalypse now oh the horror if that happens and can you imagine the field day people are going to have with, with Baker, all these national talking heads, that one who loves Lincoln Riley especially? Now, 
you know, here, I'm thinking now that we've been able to watch all these Browns games in uh, in Oklahoma City, and I think in Tulsa too. Uh, a lot of people got the Browns games. I wonder if we're going to get these games, Carolina games. I mean, I'm sure you're going to get some of them, but I'm wondering, should I buy? Now, I have the red zone. Should I get the Sunday ticket if I want to watch all the Carolina games? But if Sam Darnold starts week one against Cleveland, I mean, I don't want the I don't want to end up buying the Sunday ticket and winding up with Sam Darnold. You know what I'm saying? Something I have to consider. That's perfectly understandable. So maybe, but you know, surely, I don't know. Do you think that's a? uh, Would that be a national game if Baker Mayfield starts against the Browns? Or do you think that would still just be you know regional? Yeah, I'd. Here's the thing. I think it's something that obviously we care about quite Mm -hmm. a bit in the state of Oklahoma. Obviously, something that uh, Browns fans are going to care about quite a bit, yep. uh, given their uh, tempestuous relationship with Baker over the last four years. I'm not convinced it's something that the rest of the nation is going to care about enough to yeah. push it to a I'm with time you. slot. I'm with you. That's why I'm thinking, you know, Sunday ticket. I mean, you could. The red zone is one of the best purchases you can make for uh, the money involved. Do you have a red zone by chance? I do not have a red zone. See, here's Dude, the thing. You would love red zone. NFL it's... Sundays have become so difficult for me to keep up with. Working day? Because I'm always drinking from a fire hose, putting out OU football content from the previous day. So, like, I have not had a day in a long, long time where I just can sit down on a Sunday and watch the NFL. There is always something happening. Because you think back. Maybe the red zone's perfect for you then. You've got your computer, you're editing a video, or you're writing, or you're updating the website or whatever, but you have your TV on the red zone. Yeah, I just – here's the thing. I'm always multitasking anyway. And so it's almost just like – like I've tried – believe me, I try to stay in tune with NFL football throughout Sundays, and I I legitimately can't. Like I'll look up at 445 – and I've had the NFL on my TV in the background all day. And I'll be like, I have no idea what's happened so far. It's hard. I mean, when you're editing something or writing, people will think, oh, well, you can surely write and watch the game. No, it's, it's hard. That's hard to do, particularly if you're editing, right? Are you editing video too? Are yes. you doing some of that? Yes, you that's are doing what I'm doing that, on right? Sunday as well. Yes. Yes. So uh, that can be challenging, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Again, exit 72. You're looking for a car, truck, SUV, great used car selection. They're finding all the best. Everybody's looking for those. They're finding those at Seth Wadley. You can find them. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Tremendous guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, quick break. We'll get as many texts in as we can when we get back. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Locked in coming up at the top of the hour with Tyler McComas and Parker here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Keep it here. 
All right, back for one more segment. Locked in, coming up at the top of the hour. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Steelman and Thune at noon, well past noon, approaching 2 o'clock. That's locked in time here on The Ref. Hope your Tuesday is going well. Uh, are you ready for some college football? 32 days away for Oklahoma. Practice officially begins uh, on Thursday. And uh, we get – you get games uh, – August 27th on that Saturday. Nebraska, Northwestern, that's the game they play in Dublin, right? That's a uh, that's a rooster kickoff on Fox. Nebraska, Northwestern. Nebraska hammered Northwestern last year. Uh, it was like 56-7. to Nebraska beat the Wildcats, so they will play in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's anything really good on that Saturday. And then you have uh, – First week of September, you have games on Thursday nights like uh, the Backyard Brawl returns with West Virginia and Pitt will play on ESPN. Uh, Penn State and Purdue will play on Fox. Oklahoma State will play on Thursday night against Central Michigan on Fox Sports 1. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Tennessee hosts Ball State, but the Backyard Brawl coming back, well, uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. Remember, it was – the year that uh, Oklahoma got beat right in the Fiesta Bowl was by that West Virginia team that was in line to play for the national championship. That was the Pat White, Noel Devine, uh, Owen Schmitz. Uh, who was the other running back? Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton. Good call. Excellent call. And they they hosted Pittsburgh which was not having a very good uh, year. Dave Wanstatt was the head coach, uh, you know, who was with the Dallas Cowboys and uh, was a, an assistant with Jimmy Johnson, obviously, at uh, Oklahoma State. Dave Wanstatt coached uh, in the NFL, but he was back at Pitts, and they went into uh, Morgantown and won that game. And uh, then, man, West Virginia. Remember Bill Stewart was the interim coach, right? West Virginia beat Oklahoma. Then they brought in Dana Holgerson, and they had, like, some uh, smear campaign for each other. It was a weird deal. Weird deal. Okay. Uh, uh, I love the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Some fantastic texts. One listener said, Parker, feel free to reach over and slap Steely for that Ketchum comment. I, yeah, I sh- that, that was a bad comparison. Yeah. Uh, Another says, I am a really dedicated listener since another host from your competition told me if I didn't like it, change the channel. You only have to tell me one time. Best thing that ever happened to me. Thanks so much for satisfying my relief from all sports that really play second fiddle to all things OU. Keep up the great work. Appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Doug Doug from Norman here. He adds, not Wade. Steely, (laughs) it's Dad Remembrance Day. In August 1965, my dad took me to see the Beatles movie Help when we came out. He just looked at me and said, what was that? I was 18 at the time. Hmm. Yeah. And Parker, don't forget our bet. Wait, Doug and I made a bet. We did. What was the bet? I Gosh, don't know. Dang it. Doug, I can't you'll remember have to remind him. You'll have to remind him. Uh, please remind me because I know, I know the, the bet was the Athlon Sports Magazine next year. Uh, that, Doug wins the bet. Okay. I buy it for him. I win the bet. He buys it for me. For the life of me, I can't remember what the bet was, though. Doug will let you know. He'll let you know. It wasn't all that long ago, too. I feel like an idiot for not remembering. 
Steely, if Sam beats out Baker, I'll come cut your lawn with a pair of scissors. Yeah, all I'm saying, I'm throwing it out there as a hypothetical. I, I think Baker Mayfield's going to win the job, too. But Somebody else said, on Sunday, you should be at church. I am. We are. Mornings on Sunday are for church. Afternoons on Sunday, at least in the fall, are for football. Listen, you're talking to a pastor's kid here, mm-hmm. all right? I'm at church on Sundays. You ain't got to worry about Sundays, that. On Sundays, I'm watching Joel Osteen, all right? Um, maybe not. Joel Osteen. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, hey, Steelman, do we like Feinbaum? Because sometimes I like him. Sometimes I want to throw him out a window. He said some very triggering stuff for OU fans yesterday. I don't know. What do we think of Feinbaum? He I'm is fine He's with the him. voice. He is the voice of the SEC, radio-wise, obviously has been for a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I can't say there's really anything I dislike about him. I, I wonder what the comments were, though. So, The Almond Brothers, Johnny Cashew. and <laughs> Somebody said, I was a trumpet player in the Pride back in the late 80s on that horrible turf. Labor Day 1987, we were playing football before band practice. The turf monster got me, and I tore an ACL. Missed one game after getting the knee scope. That's impressive. Went on to play like a champion the rest of 87 and all of the 88 season with a torn ACL. Boomer. That's pretty good. Yeah, the turf monster, yeah, no doubt. Where was I? How was I being negative, Nancy? Was I being negative? Oh, about Baker and Sam Darnold? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah. all I was saying that's... Uh, oh, okay, this was the bet. Doug said, you said Baker at starting quarterback for Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers. I said Sam Darnold. So, Doug's riding with Darnold. I got my money on Bake. There you go. Is Hicks moving up his timeline? No comment. Hmm? No comment. Listen, we will scale that paywall and we will find you, all right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to Listen, hey, like, scale that it, paywall. It, it, there's it, no comment there either. It's like Game of Thrones, man. You can the Night Watch can only do so much. Winter is coming. Does Norman High School still play their high school games on OU's field? No, they're playing at Harb Collins. Man, they used to play all of the games back in the day at Owen Field. And I think that ended probably in like 83, maybe 84 would be my guess. They still play there every now and again, don't they? I think, well, I, I'm i not sure. Yeah, I do think the, uh, the Norman North game has been there. I don't know if any other games have been there. But, yeah, back in the day, I can remember um, – because I, I stopped playing football after my sophomore year and just played basketball because I hated football practice. I, I liked the games, but I hated practice. But I can remember a matchup, Norman. This was actually this was the All-State game. I remember my friend of mine went to play at Michigan, who was a Norman High School graduate, class of 1981, Clay Miller. And he was one of the top recruited offensive linemen in the country that year. And everybody thought, Norman, Oklahoma, is going to OU. Well, his dad was a Michigan grad, so we ended up going to Michigan, played with Anthony Carter and Jim Harbaugh and that group. And I can remember him matching up with Tony Casillas, you know, in the All-State game at Owen Field. That was pretty cool. Hey, by the way, quick tease. Somebody asked on the text line, Parker, anything new on Malachi Coleman? Yes. And you're going to want to stick around for Locked In at the top oh, of the hour. Oh, really? To All hear right. the scoopage. All right. Sounds good. New news on Malachi Coleman. Locked in is up next. We'll see you.